Welcome to the weekend edition of Uptempo Sports 24-7 with your host, Coach P. And you know we're going to bring it to you when we talk about the NFL. We have to discuss week 13 in the NFL. We also want to talk about some of the games that we saw in college basketball this past week. But first, we want to talk about an event that happened last weekend that we failed to share with you. So with that, let's get started with this episode of Uptempo Sports. And let's start in the SEC. Last weekend, we saw history in the making when Sarah Fuller, the female kicker that walked onto the Vanderbilt men's football team, became the first female to kick and actually play in a Power 5 conference football game when she lined up and kicked off for the Vanderbilt men's football team. That was her one opportunity because Vanderbilt was shut out last weekend. But we wanted to acknowledge that history was made. And we just want to say to Sarah, we wish you all the success in your future endeavors. Hopefully she'll get the opportunity to actually kick a field goal or at least to attempt a field goal in the next game. But Vanderbilt is not having one of their better seasons. They just fired their coach last weekend as well. So they're in a bit of turmoil right now. So we don't know exactly what direction a football team is going to go in. But we at least wanted to acknowledge the the um, achievement that was made and history that was made with Sarah being on the football team and at least having the opportunity to kick in an actual football game in the SEC. So congratulations to her. We're going to move forward and we want to talk about the Detroit Pistons and their signing of one Leangelo Ball. It was a non-guaranteed contract, basically just for an opportunity for him to come in and try to see if he can make the roster. All I'm going to say is, once again, social media and all the pundits that talked about LeVar LeVar Ball, LeVar's laughing. He's laughing at us all because, once again, he's showing us that he's still winning. He told us all that his all three of his sons was going to be in the NBA. He said in the beginning that they would be playing for the Lakers, but we know that's not going to happen. But he did say that they will all be in the league. All I'm going to say is there are a lot of players who not only in this draft that happened this past, that just happened, but even in last year's draft, there are some players who didn't get drafted that are really good players that I think are better than Leangelo Ball. I hope those same players get the same opportunity as Leangelo Ball. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve an opportunity. If he's good enough to make the Detroit Pistons, then hey, congratulations to him. I'm just saying that I hope they just didn't bring him in for a sideshow because LeVar reached out to them and they're just trying to be a part of this circus that he has had attached to himself when it has come to his son's. I don't berate him as a father wanting to see his sons being successful. That's not what my issue has been with LeVar. It's just been the way that he's gone about it. It seemed like he had good intentions, of course, because he wanted to see his kids be successful. But also within that, it was like he was riding that train to get himself to make, you know, self-proclaim himself throughout that, that whole process as well. So if his son makes it to the league because his son is good enough, then congratulations to Leangelo Ball. But let's hope 
that players who also have the ability and have the wherewithal to try to compete and are looking to get a tryout, let's hope that they get the same opportunity. I'm just going to park it right there. That's my rant. Let's move on and let's talk about the upcoming schedule for the NBA. We know the season starts on December 22nd and right out the box, folks. Of course, you know what we're going to get. We're going to get the L.A. Clippers and the current NBA champions, the L.A. Lakers. The Clippers, you know, they lost Montrezl Hurl to the Lakers. You know that Doc Rivers parted ways with the Clippers organization. He is now in Philadelphia and they brought in Tyron Lue to replace Doc Rivers. The question is, can Tyron Lue get these guys to be focused in this year and to compete when they need to, when it's going to count? Can he get them to be on the same page? Can he get Paul George to be the player that the Clippers thought they were getting when they traded a King's Ransom to get him because Kawhi said he wanted him to be his running mate? We know that Kawhi Leonard is a superstar. We know what we're going to get from Kawhi. There were a few games in the playoffs where he wasn't at his best, but overall, had he not been who he was as a player, the Clippers would not have even been in a position to have an opportunity to win because Paul George definitely never showed up in the bubble. And if you're going to label yourself a superstar and if you want all these accolades to be showered upon you and you want all this special treatment, then play to your potential. Be the guy that you claim to be. I have never looked at Paul George and thought that he was a superstar. I've always valued Paul George and said that he is a really good ball player, that he has star potential. But you can't want to wear the crown if you're not going to be the guy that's willing to accept the responsibility of wanting to be on the throne. Only one person can wear that crown. His name is LeBron James at this current state. Kawhi Leonard is that guy as well. But right now, the man that wears the crown also wears the ring and has the banner that'll go up in their Staples Center, and that is LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers. That's the game out the box on opening night. Then on Christmas Day, we're going to have an array of games that I'm sure that are going to keep and pique your interest. You're going to have the Miami Heat against Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans. You're going to have the Golden State Warriors, unfortunately, without the services of Klay Thompson, taking on the new look Milwaukee Bucks. You're going to have the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving-led Brooklyn Nets taking on the Boston Celtics. We're also going to get, later on in that day, we're going to get Luka Doncic, Christoph Porzingis, and the Dallas Mavericks taking on the defending champion L.A. Lakers. And then the nightcapper, we're going to get the L.A. Clippers taking on the team that came back from a 3-1 to deficit twice in these, in these past playoffs, and that is the Denver Nuggets. So we're going to have our calendar full, and I should say we're going to have our holiday full on Christmas with these slate of games that are going to be presented to us by the NBA. So there will be room for you to get your grub on, And then just kick back 
for the rest of the day and just relax and watch the festivities of the NBA at its finest. The thing about this upcoming NBA season, though, is this, is that we know that it had to be cut short last year because of the COVID. We also know that now teams are going to be back to their regular routines of having to travel. So it's just going to be interesting to see how many games this year will be interrupted due to this pandemic that we're still facing. We know the season has been shortened by 10 games. It won't be an 82-game season. It will be a 72-game season. And then for those teams who actually just got out of the bubble back in October, we're just wondering if they're going to be ready to rock and roll for the beginning of the season that's about two weeks away from us pulling up the curtain. That's what's going to be interesting. Will LeBron be ready on opening night? That's what we'll have to wait and see. But we do know this. We do know that we'll see LeBron and Anthony Davis together for at least the next four years because LeBron signed a two-year extension and Anthony Davis just signed a five-year extension. We also want to say one of PG's finest is back in the league. He's back on that NBA roster. He's back on that championship roster. And I'm talking about Quinn Cook. Welcome back, Quinn, to the L.A. Lakers. They have released Quinn, two-time NBA champion, one with the Golden State Warriors, and then he got his second ring this year with the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers brought him back. So congratulations to Quinn. He'll be able to be aboard on that team that's going to try to make another championship run this upcoming season. Speaking of championship runs, college basketball is experiencing the same issues that are going on, of course, in college football. Games having to be put, games having to be postponed due to COVID arising and shutting games down. But we've already seen early on that it's going to be a very interesting season in college basketball. Unfortunately, this weekend we had to have what was supposed to be the number one team right now in college basketball currently and the number two team, the Gonzaga Bulldogs and the Baylor Bears, one teams one and two ranked in the country. That game had to be shut down because of COVID issues. We saw where um, some other games had to be postponed as well. But we've also seen where your teams like Kentucky, who has an array of freshmen, they're struggling right now. As we, They lost early on in this season already to Richmond, to the Richmond Spiders. We saw where Virginia, one of the top 10, ranked, number, ranked in the top 10 this current season, they lost on the second night that they had to play to the University of San Francisco. Right, the University of San Francisco that is best known if you are a true basketball fan because that is where Bill Russell laid his fame to claim before he got into the NBA and was a Hall of Famer. He put the University of San Francisco on the map. Virginia lost to them. So you're going to have these this season where you're going to have an array of games where teams are going to be all over the place. You saw Marquette hit a uh, follow-up shot against Wisconsin uh, the other day to win at the buzzer. We saw Carolina lose at the buzzer. I told you about that 
in the uh, Maui Classic. This is generally held in Hawaii, but due to this year we're facing a global pandemic, they decided to keep it in state, and that Maui Classic actually took place down in North Carolina. So it's going to be hard to see or hard to know who is going to be that true number one team right now. Gonzaga looks to be, um, of all the teams early on, they look to be one of those teams that potentially could be in the Final Four. Illinois, as we told you, has a strong team. We also told you about uh, this may be um, Shaka Smart's best team that he's had at Texas. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how these teams work work around all the stoppages that I'm sure that we're going to see happen because of the COVID-19 virus still being very prevalent um, in this country. So, but you can be excited because college basketball is back. And that's the one thing that we're happy about is that we do have the opportunity to see these young men. And if you are a uh, woman's uh, basketball fan, to see the young ladies also go out and do their thing. Speaking of going out and doing their thing, Coach Don Staley of the South Carolina women's basketball team, they just had their 29-game win streak snapped by NC State. It happens to the best, folks. It happens to the best. You you go on these long winning streaks. Look at what UConn. UConn set the women's record twice for the longest winning streaks in NCAA history before they had a loss. So these things happen. And I'm sure that Coach Don Staley will get her team refocused and reback and be back to their winning ways in their next in their next game. But this is why we love the college game so much because on any given night you can see the best of the best. And on any given night you can see as Dickie as Dickie V likes to say, Upset City, baby! Upset City! So with that, we're going to take a small commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about week number 13 in the NFL. Thanks again for tuning in to Uptempo Sports 24-7. We always enjoy talking to you. We will be right back. Ah, yeah, folks, you already know what time it is. It's Coach P's picks for NFL week number 13. Let's get it started. Week number 13, we start off with the New Orleans Saints going down to the Atlanta Falcons. New Orleans, who has been without the services of Drew Brees for the last two weeks, and have been quarterbacked by Jason Hill. Wondering when their offense is going to look better in the passing game. He didn't even have 100 yards passing last week. He's been doing it with his legs. And we've said from the beginning that he is a Swiss Army knife. He is a hell of an athlete. 
I just don't think that he is a every down NFL quarterback. I think in this game, after what Atlanta did to the Raiders, and I'm not comparing by no means am I comparing New Orleans to the Raiders because New Orleans is is way better than the Raiders. But what I do believe in this game is that Atlanta does have a chance because New Orleans, they've got to find more in that running game. And they can't rely on Taysom Hill to drop back and pass the ball. That does not appear to be his strength. And it doesn't look like that Jameis Winston is going to be inserted anytime soon. I'm going to take an upset pick this week, and I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons. This division, the NFC South, nobody usually gets swept. We did see New Orleans sweep Tampa Bay this year, but for the most part, these teams usually play each other very competitively, and usually there's a split. If one team's if one team wins during the course of the season, they're usually the other team is do a victory. I'm going to go with Atlanta to upset New Orleans in this game. We're going to go to Chicago, where Chicago is struggling in the quarterback position. Mitchell Trubisky, it sounds like we'll get to start again this week. They're going to be taking on the Detroit Lions. Detroit will have their first game without now-fired coach Matt Patricia. We know that Matthew Stafford's banged up. His leading receiver, Kenny Galladay, I think, is still out. Um, I think DeAndre Swift, I'm not sure if he's out of concussion protocol. I'm going to roll with Chicago to win this game because they're the more desperate team. They're still trying to fight for a potential play outside chance for a potential playoff spot. They are at home, and although it's not a, a clear-cut home field advantage due to the lack of fans that can be at a game, I'm going to give Chicago the benefit of the doubt because their defense is just a little bit better. Now, I don't know who the – I think um, Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, may be the interim coach for the rest of the season, but I'm going to pick Chicago in this game. Mitchell Trubisky's record against Detroit, I think he's only lost once to them since he's been in the league as the starting quarterback when he was a starting quarterback. So I'm going to roll with Chicago at home because, like I said, I think they're the more desperate team to get a win. Then we go with the Cleveland Browns sitting at 8-3 against the Tennessee Titans, who now sit at 8-3 after they put on a physical display last week against the Indianapolis Colts. Cleveland coming off of a win against the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road last week, but it was by a slight margin, as they said in the Three Little Pigs, they won by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin, a 27-25 defeat of Jacksonville last week. I like Cleveland's running game with Nick Chubbs being back in the lineup with Kareem Hunt. I think that Baker Mayfield is going to have to be the catalyst in order to get them over the hump. I know Tennessee struggles with their pass rush, but until I see Cleveland stop Derrick Henry, I'm going to roll with Tennessee and Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill to get the win at home. Cincinnati 2-8-1 taking on the 7-4 Miami Dolphins. It doesn't look like we're going to see Tua Tagovailoa this weekend either. He's still suffering from that thumb injury. Fitzmagic did not play bad last week in his return to the starting lineup against the Jets. Cincinnati, again, you know that Joe Burrow is out for the season. 
but they fought hard last week at home against the Giants. I like Miami. They're moving in the right direction. They're trying to get into the playoffs. I'm going to roll with the Dolphins in this game. Then we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 1-10 taking on the 5-6 and six Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota coming off a big win, big comeback win last week at home against the Carolina Panthers. They got a scare last week when their all-pro running back Dalvin Cook was shaken up, but he was able to return to the game. I do believe that he will play this week. And with them still trying to fight for an outside chance for the playoffs, I think Minnesota will not let their guard down. They will beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville sitting in the second spot for this upcoming NFL draft. You know that they're looking at a quarterback, and Justin Fields will probably be the one that falls to them. I don't think they're going to do anything to take themselves out of that number two position in the NFL draft. So I like Minnesota in this spot. Then we have an interesting game with the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the New York Jets. The Jets sitting at 0-11. They hold the key to that number one pick all by themselves. I'm sure they they don't want to lose because they know that Jacksonville sits right behind them. So they don't want to give Jacksonville an opportunity to try to creep up and get that pick. But the Raiders looked to show themselves last week on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. The Raiders will be out will be without the services of their Pro Bowl second-year running back, Josh Jacobs. They need balance. Last week, they had no balance at all, and Derek Carr was under siege by that Atlanta defense. I don't see the Jets' defense being quite like Atlanta's last week, but the one thing about the Jets is that over the last few games against the Raiders, when they played them in New York, they have had the Raiders number. Remember last year, the Raiders went on the road, came to New York, and Sam Donald and the Jets blew the Raiders out. I don't see the Raiders getting blown out in this game. Most people will tell you that they believe the Raiders will bounce back in this game. I just can't see the Jets going 0-16. And I know that the Jets are going to trade Sam Donald at the end of the year if they maintain the opportunity to get that number one pick and draft Trevor Lawrence, I do believe that Sam Donald will be out. Sam didn't look good in his first return back last week. He probably was rusty. I'm going to look for him to have a better game this week. I'm going to throw something against the wall. I don't know if it's going to stick, but I'm going to have the Jets in the upset to take the Vegas Raiders out this week. We'll see. We have the 7-4 Indianapolis Colts going down to Houston to take on the 4-7 Houston Texans. Indianapolis licking their wounds after getting punched in the mouth last week by the Tennessee Titans. Take on a Houston Texans team that will be without the services of their uh, nickel corner, Reggie Roby, along with their outside number one receiver, Will Fuller, due to uh, suspension for PEDs. I like the Colts in this game. They get DeForest Buckner back. He was out last week due to uh, COVID-19 protocols. They also get the services of their rookie running back, Jonathan Taylor. That's what was missing, I think, last week against the Tennessee Titans. They couldn't stop the run, and they couldn't establish their running game. 
those two things should come to the forefront this week and Phillip Rivers won't have to throw the ball 30 to 40 times. I like the coach in a bounce back this week against the Houston Texans. We have the L.A. Rams coming off a tough loss, divisional loss, by the way, last week against the San Francisco 49ers, going to Arizona for another divisional game against the 6-5 Cardinals. The Cardinals coming off of a tough road loss to the New England Patriots last week. Kyler Murray, I believe, is still banged up. If you watched that game last week, they did not insert a whole lot of running plays for Kyler Murray. That is not their offense. They need Kyler's legs. And if he is not a part of the running game, the running game suffers. Larry Fitzgerald is still in um, COVID-19 protocol, so they will be without his services. And in this game, you will have Jalen Ramsey going up against DeAndre Hopkins. That's the matchup of the day. I'm going to take the Rams in a bounce back game this week to get the Arizona Cardinals. Then we have the 4-7 New York Giants who sit atop of the NFC East going against the 8-3 division leading Seattle Seahawks. Seattle getting stronger. We did hear that Carlos Dunlap may be a game time decision this week, but they did get the services of one Chris Carson back last week. That running game makes a big difference for Russell Wilson. They also, not in this game, but they will also get the return of Josh Gordon towards the end of the season. And if they hold on to make the playoffs, they will have him for a playoff run. So Seattle appears to be getting stronger. The Giants, on the other hand, just lost the services of their quarterback, Daniel Jones, in last weekend's game against Cincinnati. It looks like that he had a bad hamstring injury. He will sit this one out. I like Seattle in this game against the Giants. Philadelphia at 3-7-1, take on the 8-3 Green Bay Packers. Philadelphia coming off of a tough loss um, at home against Seattle. Now they go to Green Bay. Green Bay coming off an impressive win against the Chicago Bears. I like Green Bay in this game. Philadelphia, they're going in the opposite direction. Carson Wentz is, is, is not himself. I think that at the end of the season, they need to do an evaluation of their roster and start at the top with their head coach, Doug Peterson. There does appear to be an issue with Carson Wentz. I don't know if part of his physical. I don't know if it's mental in regards to him not having the confidence that he needs to have to play the position, but it's definitely something going on there. I like Green Bay in this game. I think Philadelphia pretty much, they lose this game I think they lose any outside chance as bad as our the, the NFC East is. I just think that Philadelphia is on their way out the door um, in regards to having a chance to compete to get in the playoffs. Then you have the five and six New England Patriots taking on the L.A. Chargers at three and eight. New England coming off a at the gun win last week um, when they got a game winning field goal to defeat the Arizona Cardinals. The Chargers in a game up in New York against Buffalo last week had multiple opportunities to try to pull that game out. Once again, I'm going to allude to the fact that coaching seems to be the issue when I watch the games from the Chargers because they've lost too many games this year by less than seven points. And they've been in every game this year. And they've led in most of the games except for the game this past weekend. It's not a quarterback issue. Justin Herbert is the real deal. 
They got Austin Eckler back, and Joey Bosa was a man on a mission last week defensively. They have to get another win. I can't see them as well as they played in spots. I just can't keep seeing them losing. Cam Newton didn't even have 100 yards passing last week, nor did they have 100 yards rushing, or did they have a 100-yard receiver. I don't know how in the world they won that game last week. I know Bill Belichick is a, a master when it comes to what he schemes up against young quarterbacks. I'm going to go with the Chargers one more week. They're at home. I just think they're the better team offensively. I do know that Bill Belichick is the better coach. He probably will outcoach Anthony Lynn. Um, and Af- that's not too hard to do because Anthony Lynn is outcoaching himself at these particular moments. He can't get it right. There's game management issues with Anthony Lynn. Decision making across the board with Anthony Lynn. But you know what? I'm going to go with the talent and the right arm of Justin Herbert to get them over the hump. I'm going to take the charges to get a big win at home against the New England Patriots. We have the 4-7 Denver Broncos taking on Patrick Mahomes and the 10-1 Kansas City Chiefs. Denver will have the services of a real quarterback this week. That's right, folks. All four quarterbacks will be out of the COVID protocol. Um, I'm sure that Drew Locke will start this game. And they're going up against a red-hot Kansas City Chiefs team that saw Patrick Mahomes throw three touchdown passes last week to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards receiving. I think that will continue this week. I think Kansas City will dominate the Broncos. I'm glad to see that Denver does get the opportunity to have a real quarterback at play this week and not a guy who was thrown into the fire because of what the NFL wanted to do by making someone an example. But I still say Kansas City will be dominant in this game. We like the Chiefs in this game. Then on Monday night, we're going to get two football games. That is because the Washington and Pittsburgh game was pushed back due to the fact that Pittsburgh had to play late last week due to COVID-19 issues with the Baltimore Ravens. So they pushed this game to Monday night. So you have the Washington football team going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers at 11-0, Washington's 4-7, and they sit tied with the New York Giants in the NFC East. They're actually a half a game behind the Giants because the Giants swept them this year. So the Giants actually are in first place, and the Washington football team sits in second. Alex Smith has been a story for the Washington football team since the injury to Kyle Allen. It has been Alex Smith that has tried to right the ship for this Washington football team. And more than likely, he will be the number one candidate for comeback player of the year. I don't see them having enough offense to beat the Steelers. But we said the same thing about Baltimore last week. And and the Ravens almost upset the Steelers last week. I just don't see it happening. I still say Pittsburgh will will win this game against the Washington football team. We like Pittsburgh to stay undefeated. Then you have the Buffalo Bills coming into the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco will be playing probably their last game at home because of all the protocols for COVID. They will be playing their next few games in Arizona. So this will probably be the last game at their home stadium for the next few weeks. I like San Francisco in this game. Their defense looked like a version of their defense last year, even without their um, 
Pro Bowl defensive end, Mr. Bosa, being available to them because, you know, he was out due to an ACL injury early on. They got their running game together last week. Mr. Mullins, at quarterback, was very serviceable, didn't turn the ball over a lot, and that kept them in the game. Buffalo had a tough game against the Chargers last week. I think San Francisco, with the return of Richard Sherman and his leadership, I like San Francisco to get the upset here against the Buffalo Bills. And then we go to, and that's the Monday night game. And then we go to Tuesday because, again, because of COVID-19 protocols, Baltimore had to play again later in the week. So this game between Dallas and Baltimore, which was supposed to be the Thursday night game this past week, had to be removed. And now we play it on a Tuesday night. Dallas comes into town, having played since that debacle on Thanksgiving Day where they let their arch rival, the Washington football team, stomp all over the star and beat them. Baltimore coming off of a disappointing loss on the road against Pittsburgh without the services of J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, and reigning MVP Lamar Jackson. I'm thinking that they'll get all three of those guys back. They may also get back Calais Campbell on defense. If they do, it's going to be an uphill battle for the Dallas Cowboys. They need to win every game now. They still have an outside chance of winning that division as bad as they've been everybody in the division is bad in the nfc east or i should say the nfc least so dallas is going to have to string a few games together i don't know if they can get this game against baltimore baltimore needs this game just as bad as dallas does baltimore has a better secondary to try to handle those wide receivers andy dalton last time we saw him on thanksgiving did not look good at all Zeke did not look good at all. The offensive line did not look good at all. So I'm not sure what to expect from the Dallas Cowboys this week. I really want to pick Dallas because I know how desperate they need to win this game. I just don't know if they can pull it off because I know that the Ravens need this game just as much, if not more, because of the way the teams are playing in the AFC. So I'm going to roll with the Ravens to get this game at home, especially if Lamar returns. I look for the Ravens to get back into the winner's circle and win this game at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Before we sign off with this episode of Uptempo Sports 24-7, just want to know what you all thought about those two boxing matches that we uh, saw last week. They were strictly for entertainment purposes you had nate robinson going up against the um youtube sensation jake paul nate robinson's a hell of an athlete folks if you've never seen nate robinson if you never saw him got never got the opportunity to see nate play in the nba or never got to see him play football he played for the university of washington he was a two sports star and i think if he had been a little bit taller he probably would have played nfl football because he was a hell of a football player at defensive back. But I don't know if Nate trained for this fight. I'm still not sure exactly what this fight was about. I don't know if it was about money. I don't know if it was about just pure entertainment or if it was about. I'm not sure what it was about, but I do know this. When you see a man fall face first and he doesn't move, that's not a laughing matter. 
And I know there were a lot of memes that were going around when Nate was laid out. But you never want to see anybody look like that, especially when they're not a professional fighter. Nate's not a professional fighter. Jake Paul's not a professional fighter. And Nate showed it because he had no defense. He was going up against a guy that was 6'3", that had all the length, and Nate was walking directly into punches, which if you look at how stocky Nate is, you would think that he would, when he was coming in, he would use his shoulder, use his body to his advantage. Lower man being able to get to the inside, get to the body of Jake Paul, but it was like he tried to fight him straight up. He didn't have any defense for that length and for those punches that were coming straight to his face. And he got hit with one that took him out. I'm just hoping that everything is well with Nate and that he won't ever think about getting into the boxing ring again. That's what my hope is for Nate Robinson. And then you had Roy Jones against Mike Tyson. Um, I think what you can say best about this fight is that Snoop was the commentator. He kept everybody entertained. But I'm going to say this, and you can believe this if you want. You can believe it or not. Mike Tyson, even at this age, looks like that he could still knock somebody out. And I think that if this had been anybody other than Roy Jones and it had not already been an agreement about punches being thrown towards the head, Roy Jones would have suffered the same consequences as Nate Robinson because Mike Tyson still is packing. He still looks like that he could get in the ring and do some damage. Now, we remember when George Foreman made a comeback at an older age, and George was not in any type of shape like we saw with Mike Tyson. And although George was a big puncher back in the day, I don't know if any of you have seen any of the YouTube um, sparring sessions with Mike Tyson. Mike still hits like a Mack truck. And I just believe that if you got the right person in the ring and you let Mike, Iron Mike be Iron Mike, I think Mike could still knock somebody out with that opportunity. So all I'm saying is, is that if there's a promoter out there, you might want to give Mike Tyson a call and line up somebody for Mike. I would definitely like to see Mike back in the ring if it's for, you know, maybe one or two fights against somebody legitimate, not somebody where every all the parameters are being set up an actual boxing match, that may be worth the price of admission. So we're going to sign off now, folks. We want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uptempo Sports. We hope that you continue to have a great weekend. We hope that you enjoy all the sports that is at your beck and call from college basketball now. Of course, the NFL tomorrow, Monday and Tuesday this week, we have football for the entire weekend going up into Tuesday. That should be great. And we just want to say, as we always do before we leave, it's always what? Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again for supporting us in our podcast. And until the next time, peace.